Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday. I've got a special treat for you today. We're going to kind of do a live session with one of my favorite clients, um, glow getters, fearless feminine leaders and healers, Louisa Botticelli. And I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you, give us a little bit of a brag intro. And then again, thank you so much for being the role model where we get to see how your destiny, according to human design, numerology, and astrology manifest into this incredible soul-based business that you're creating. So thank you for letting us like kind of voyeur in (laughs) to what the universe has in store for you while you're on this big soul mission. So um, thank you for being a willing participant. I love working with you. Um, I feel like you're such an amazing healer. So um, can't wait to dig into these charts. Um, I'll turn it over <laughs> to you. I'm excited to see. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me at first and foremost. Um, but I am, I guess, a lineage a psychic medium so it's been handed down on both of my sides my mom and dad um but I'm the first one to actively really pursue any type of spiritual work as business um I am a creator so I started making crystal jewelry wow long time almost 30 years ago um And since then, I have become an energy worker. I am a certified Reiki master and crystal Reiki master and Kundalini Reiki master. Um, But I've also channeled modalities of healing through the cosmos, through my uh, spiritual entourage, as I love to call them. Mm. So that's everything I do. I help people heal. And I usually tell people by the time they're actually ready to take steps, whether they know it or not, that's when they actually schedule an appointment with me. So by the time they get to me, they're ready. The universe has them prepped and primed. (laughs) I love that so much. And we're going to kind of just jump into the charts because um, we could talk for hours about (laughs) all of these things. And actually, I just want to validate exactly what you said, because For those of y'all listening, if you're not familiar with numerology, you basically like add up all of the numbers of your birthday, um, including like if you were a 19, like for me, I'm 1981. Like if you were a 1981 baby, you would do like one plus nine plus eight plus one plus, you know, your birth month. Um, So basically all, every single 
number, and then you get like one big number. So for you, your big number is 28. And then you add the two and the eight together and you get 10. So life path wise, you're 2810. And I was kind of giggling here because the 10 represents creativity and confidence. And then because you've got the zero, you've got with inner gifts, because that's zero. And then the one is creativity and confidence. And I can see why the universe brought us together because of course we love all things healing and crystals and totally spiritual entourage, but I'm also a 11. So I'm a double one. And just like a kind of fun fact, when I got into numerology, um, my partner and my daughter are all have ones in their life path number. And actually my husband and my daughter have the same life path number, but reversed. So you can imagine wow. that's like amazing and not so good at the same time because yeah. it's kind of like when we vibe with people that are really similar, it's either like amazing or we like butt heads. So kind of interesting. A lot of times in families we have, um, kind of the same thing, like, uh, like all the women in my family have had Sag moon for a certain level. My daughter actually has Aries moon, but she's still got the fire moon, Um, you know? So like there's these trends that kind of happen if you know what your people's profile is. And so, um, I was sort of sharing with you in the green room. One of my good friends actually has the same profile and I'm going to have her on the podcast. Um, but she's been prolific with her business and she's opened up mental health uh, holistic treatment centers all over. And she has this profile. And so I was saying to you in the green room, like, whoa, like your business is going to be like, you said, you want to say the word? Well, it's going to go global. (laughs) Ah, Yeah. And with this, um, first of all, you've got the 10, which is creativity and confidence with inner gifts. You've got the eight, which is abundance and power, which that really can skyrocket people into super successful businesses. Sometimes with the eight though, we bounce back and forth between really struggling with money and then having a lot of success with money because it's like with any of our soul purpose, life purpose stuff, it's the gift and it's the challenge. And so that's like the, oh, kind of part, right? And then the two is cooperation and balance, which actually that's one of mine too. I'm a 2911. So we have some similar numbers. We actually have some similar uh, astrology as well. And then all the healing stuff. So we like immediately vibed, but I was kind of, yeah, giggling. I was giggling here because it says, because many 28 tens have subconscious resonance with an ancient lineage of wizard sorceresses or enchanters. Um, some who may have actually misused their powers, some fear having this like big psychic gift. So it's interesting that your parents had this, you know, that, but there's also kind of this in that particular life purpose path. So you like really are a natural. Uh, yeah. And I, I know I've had past life readings done aside from also having, that was one of the things when I first started having my awakening was I started having flashbacks mm. of past lives. So I've had to heal a lot of the past life stuff and break vows and contracts because I was holding on to stuff from back then. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's part of what I've been um, moving and shifting. So my first flashback was I have a fear of falling forward mm-hmm. and I was being persecuted. They were chasing me and I got pushed off a cliff. So, and that was my first flashback. I'll never forget. Wow. <laughs> 
because I was, it was all like, I saw a movie reel. Mm -hmm. I was brushing my teeth. And when I stood back up, it was like, I could see it flash before my eyes and I'm clairvoyant. And I had been working on really opening my third eye. And that was what started happening. I started getting flashbacks. So yeah. Yeah. Thing that comes up every time I run the fearless feminine is that because I work so much with healers, uh, a lot of us have that like persecution past life thing. So the idea of going global, of getting visible online, it it yeah. really brings up kind of witch hunt vibes, and so like we can really feel scared to talk about the things that we actually want to talk about. We kind of feel scared to get that um, you know visibility where. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's funny because I did the blue star activation with Kimberly. Yeah. And several months ago, I had gone into a meditation and I was guided. (laughs) I was told that I was from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. I've actually heard that. Yeah. So I was one of the ancient goddesses from the beginning of time. And she, when she, took me back in, you know, doing the, um, the master activation. She's like, we're going to take you back to your original time. And that's where they took me to. And I was, it was kind of intense realizing that I really did hear them correctly (laughs) first time. So. Yes. I love that. Um, Kim Barrett, she's been on the podcast. Um, she does the blue star activations. I got it done. You got it done. A couple of the other folks who went through fearless feminine. And so I love that we've got this fearless feminine supported by the blue star. Cause I know for yeah. me, it made me feel so much more powerful and grounded and like less available for attachments or psychic attack or like whatever you would call yeah. that, you know, like I feel just like so much more solid, um, <laughs> energetically, versus yeah, totally. taking on people's stuff or whatever. Um, so I love that. And I was just thinking, I've got to have Kim back on. We helped her in Fearless Feminine. We built out her coaching program for Blue Star Activations. And I'm so excited to be a part of that because she's getting to like make money doing what she loves. And all these people yeah. are getting Blue Star Activations. And it is super powerful, like Palladium. It's shifting energy. It's a game changer. Yeah. And, uh, Reiki was like that too, but for me, that was like 15 years ago. So like, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's been like such a big part of my life for so long. Um, getting this next level star has been a really great refresher and game changer. Um, you know, interesting here, I'm looking at your, again, back to the numerology profile and it says nearly all 28 tens have healing hands using them with sensitivity. They can intuitively feel where to direct or channel life energy. Um, if they give back rubs to friends, both they and their lucky friends will experience something special. So I just love that, like right off the bat, it's like you're a healer in your second. Since I was a little kid, my mom used to tell me when I was little, she'd say, give me a massage because her foot hurt or whatever. That's what I remember the most, her foot. And she goes, the minute you would touch us or touch me, the pain would leave. She goes, I don't, you know, my husband till today calls me magic hands. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're getting, yeah, stuff works. It's true. Right. And I yeah. love that. That's what I feel like about astrology, human design, um, numerology. It's like, we kind of like know these things about ourselves. It's not necessarily shocking, but it's so much like affirmation and validation that we're on the right path. Um, and then, totally. 
you know, we can really like own our gifts and then like whatever our struggles are that come along with this, you know, then we can kind of like figure out like, okay, this is a thing. Like, how do we get around it there? I think for this particular life profile, I mean, you're, I feel, you know, some of the work that I've been doing is really viewing like money and wealth and abundance, like as green heart chakra, feminine energy, and just like calling it in. And so for people with particularly that abundance and power thing, we're going to get like a lot of lessons around money. But I think for a lot of us, this is true, but particularly for you, like the more that you take care of yourself and your energy and you're having fun and pleasure and you're on your purpose, like the money part's just going to take care of itself. It's and a, you were telling me, not, for me too, it was, it was a past life thing. Mm-hmm. So when it came up that way, I was like, oh, and I had to heal through that and release it because it was a vow I had made. Wow. So vow of poverty. Yeah. So, well, it, this one, I have made vows of poverty, mm-hmm. but I broke those and I didn't realize that what was still missing was I, in this one particular lifetime, I had a lot of money, but I misused it. I was greedy and I was mean and I was, and that was the fear in this lifetime that would happen. Wow. And, and now I understand why all the jobs I've had have always been nonprofit until now. Mm-hmm. until the last few years and I uh I had that come through and I was like oh so I had to release that and break that vow to my you know that I had vowed to myself in this lifetime and it says so. here those on the 2810 life path are here to work through issues combining material success and creative energy applying their creative energy and intuitive gifts in service of others guided with authority and compassion so like yeah that's exactly yeah on your life purpose and so you know I think thinking back to my friend with the same life path number um she's experienced a lot of business success but the core of her business was um in combining her intuitive gifts and service of other people with regards to mental health and so like I think for you and I resonate to this being a one double one myself we're some of the most creative and confident people. But then again, because it's our life path, it's like sometimes we also have issues with blocked creativity or, you know, how we all do like spin out and feeling not confident. So, but other people look at us and they're like, oh my God, these people are so confident. Like, for example, I told you everybody in my family is a one. My daughter is an incredible artist. Um, My husband's a machinist. He can make anything you know, so it's like, we have these gifts. And so people look at us as creative, but we might really like, be like, Oh, I'm not good at art, you know, or whatever. Um, and so it's like, that's what I love about these readings is it can really give you permission to like step into your gifts. So you already know this, Louisa. Cause yeah, I, I ended up owning it. I ended up owning a lot of what I do. And sometimes I forget the amount of knowledge I carry yes. <laughs> with me. So someone will ask a question and I'm like, oh, you don't, like, I forget not everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to skip around a little bit to human design, you're three. And so your one is like the teacher archetype. And so you're a great teacher because you and I have the two in the life path. What I find is I'm a great channel, particularly for people. So like someone asks me a question, it comes right through. I've gotten better at channeling right. live 
like on a live or something, but I do much better in partnership. Like if I just sit to write down, like, let me write down what I, all this good wisdom yeah. may come through, like mine comes through in service of people. It's almost like I have to have a person in a reading sitting in front of me to access like all the good stuff. So you may find that too. I do. And I know that my crown chakra is open in HD. I think it's my only open one. Yeah, actually you have your, um, you have both head centers open. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting, um, Kim, who we were just talking about with blue star, um, y'all have a very similar. I know we've talked about that too. Y'all have a very similar profile. You have both the crown and the Ajna open and you're both really excellent channels. And so, um, having that completely open, um, could present some challenges, maybe like in school or staying focused. Um, yeah. as far as channeling goes, it's like the perfect lineup. <laughs> so yeah. You come by it honestly. Um, what do you find with those open hand centers? Like, how do you see that show up in your life? Oh, holy cow. So the more clear I am physically. Mm-hmm. So if, I'm eating cleaner and all of that. They're like super, super open. So I seriously like will say something. It's almost like telepathy. I feel like I say something and something happens or I get a call, like someone heard me and they'll give me a response before I even ask the question for me, because I do readings and healing sessions. I, my healing sessions aren't just moving energy. They're receiving information as well. So when I do Reiki, it's not necessarily Reiki. Well, let me rephrase that. In one of the Reiki masters I took, um, the Kundalini Reiki, he always referred to Reiki as energy. It wasn't just Reiki, the way everyone else is prepared, you know, listens to it. So I've been working with energy since I was a kid. And when I first went through my awakening, I had just gotten divorced. I was in my 30s. And my friend came to me and handed me a book and she said, you need to read this. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, just read it. And it was a book. um, I remember with blue, uh, with hands on the cover, it was a blue book, uh, the form of healing or healing hands or something like that. Maybe hands of light that could be. Yeah, that's. And I remember, so I started reading it and then I just started practicing I just kind of allowed my guides to guide me. And that's where I just started connecting. So I connect the use of crystals and I connect the use of energy. And that's what I've just always done. And then I I started getting messages that way. So when I do a healing session, that's what they're getting. So I do set up crystals. I do use a pendulum. I can muscle test to see what centers for them are open or closed and then I just ask for whatever information I need to give them so I love that and that fits with your thing because you've got this inner gift and I know for me like my hands always heated up and then when I got the Reiki attunement then I knew the symbols and I had techniques and I had like a way to direct the energy a little more intentionally but like a lot of us have had the gift like many lifetimes you know and so I think for any of y'all out there listening it's who you are. And so if you're feeling the nudge, especially at this time where I feel like we're in such a huge paradigm shift, I like to call it divine feminine revolution. Uh, 
yeah, like go for it because like you, you know, you've been training for this for lifetimes and not yeah. to let some of that past life trauma kind of get in our way around those things. Um, but no, yeah. And that's, that's part of what I was told as well. Being an ancient goddess, I chose to live among the people mm-hmm. because that's what I was there to help them do was heal whatever they were going through. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like we were talking in the green room before, that's a lot of what's coming up. Now I've had people coming to me in one week. I got two phone calls about, I don't even know how to say it without it sounding hokey, like breaking a curse or removing a negative energy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm tapping back into like real ancient shit now. And um, I'm like, okay. So I just kind of have to be open to it and let it all out and do it so I think that's great I was just catching up with um one of my other fearless feminine leaders who is a Reiki person and she was like going and clearing haunted places uh so I think a lot of us are being called to like really do all the things healing yeah really like deeply our inner gifts you know that we may have been afraid to use or like just now emerging because they're super needed right yeah (laughs) And I think that fits with your human design, just to catch everybody up. You're a Manny Jen. So like if, if you're listening and you're not sure what human design is, you can go check your human design. You can look up Jovian archives. There's a bunch of different ones. Just, you know, search a free human design chart. And there's a couple of different profiles. Like I'm a generator. Louise is a manifesting generator. I feel like I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is, you know, human design is a blend of astrology and alchemy and the towel. There's like so many different sort of things woven in there. Um, but I have noticed that a lot of my Gemini people, which are Gemini are, um, many gens, which kind of makes sense. Cause I feel like many gens and Gemini combine. Well. Yeah. Because it's the two different faces. So we're balancing. So, and that's what made me laugh because I just started really learning a little bit more about the human design. Um, And I realized, so one of the things I've been guided to is I have to make jewelry Mm -hmm. for people based on their human design. Ooh, I love that. And I was like, oh, okay. But now I understand why I've always been drawn to the crystals that I've always been drawn to. (laughs) So now I'm just allowing it to process that's a perfect example of the creativity and confidence thing. I know I learned how to make jewelry. Like, I don't know, it's probably like 20 or something. And it was like one of the best coping strategies ever. And that's like the creativity thing. I mean, people with one energy, we have to have a creative outlet. And so you're combining these healing gifts with actually like creating jewelry and you're specializing it into human design, which I think is amazing. I want one for sure. And the cool thing about a Manny Gen is you can have many different projects. Like I have, yeah. I almost feel like I do Gemini, <clears throat> so I think that's part of it for me. I do have a little bit of that, like project topping scattered energy. Um, but I'm kind of supposed to do things one at a time. And so even though I love to just like switch to like the new shiny thing, um, when I look back at the things I actually created, like the podcast, I've really focused on this past year, the year before that it was really creating fearless feminine. And so if I look at it, it really does take me like one big thing is kind of like, you know, I might be doing a bunch of different things, but like one big thing kind of gets my focus, but I'm always so, a little envious of the MGs because you guys can do so many things. 
So I started reading more about it and I go, oh, that's why I can do all that. And I forget that that's how my brain functions. I yeah. just do it. So even at work, I'm, I'm a, you know, my day job, so to speak, I'm the receiver. Mm -hmm. So I am constantly in motion. So, and the best part is, is that I use my body and my brain <laughs> because, all, you know, we do all like, we're the first end of all of the accounting. So we do and process all of the invoices. I am working the gun to scan stuff in. We have to temp everything that comes in, I touch, and this is where energetically, I know that I've been put where I've been put for a reason. When the pandemic hit, this is where I was put. And I was touching hundreds, if not thousands, by now probably millions of products on shelves at first. And now that I'm in receiving, I touch every single vitamin that comes through the doors. Mm, those are supercharged, powerful vitamins. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's funny because I would go home exhausted and I couldn't understand why. And they're like, because you're giving all of your energy away. <laughs> they're like, you need to pull back a little bit and yeah. just learn how to give what you need to give so that you're offset the energetic shift of what's happening with the pandemic. So, but that's how my brain works. I have a lot of things going. And that's when I realized, like, when I look at my schedule, I'll have like four pieces of jewelry to make that week. And then I'll have, uh, you know, four readings. And then I do my regular job. And then I do all my wifely duties. You know, I have to cook and clean and do the laundry and everything, you know, and I have babies, you know, fur babies. And then I have my two kids that have their own lives, but I'm the one that they come to whenever there's something going on. So I'm mom, the counselor all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my brain's always going. <laughs> well, and so by the time I hit the bed, I, now I know why I fall asleep so fast. Yeah. And you know, it's great news for you. Cause we were talking about launching earlier and like, I am always like, you know, the MGs are the people that are always launching, you know, they really are able to just like whip a program out over and over again versus someone like a projector who's got like a limited energy supply. Um, the MGs can keep going. And I think whether you're a generator or a manigen, which is about 70% of the population, it's like the two biggest groups. Um, yeah. We can keep going, like we really can work as long as we like what we're doing. And so I think a lot of generators and even manigens, I would say, guests are like, we feel like compelled to kind of finish the thing. So even if it's not fulfilling for us, it's like, we kind of sometimes get stuck in the day job. Um, yeah. and so I love that you're like taking the plunge despite all the other, like really amazing things you've got going on. Like you're going for it and you're going, yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Which, yeah. And like I said, I, that shocked me when he said that, because he's, you know, this quiet, unassuming, they used to call him the wizard mm -hmm. because I was managing a crystal store mm -hmm. and, um, I laughed. I had never had an astrological reading done. And I was like, oh, what the hell I'll, you know, have him do it. And it was funny because when he did the reading, he looked at me and he's like, wow, for a person who has so much Gemini in her chart, you are the least Gemini person I know. You do have quite a bit of Gemini in your chart. You I know, do. Funny about that is, um, you know, we just are kind of finishing the eclipse cycle where the nodes were in Gemini and Sagittarius. And um, I have my moon in Sag. So like whatever your moon is, um, like you have your moon in Cancer, Cancer. right? Yeah. yeah. 
like whatever your moon is, then people who have that sun sign are your people. So like, you know, like, I'm your person because I'm a cancer sun and you're a cancer moon. Um, and I find that true. Like I love working with Sagittarians and that's where my moon is. But anyway, um, this eclipse cycle in all of my online programs, the last round of fearless feminine, you were in glow. Um, but like everybody I've been working with recently, literally everyone, except I think one was a Gemini. And I was like, okay, spirit, like you're using something. Yeah. They're telling you something. The Geminis are in that like really major transformation cycle. And actually, I think y'all just wrapped it up. I think there's one more eclipse in Sagittarius, but then it goes on to the next nodes. So let's just go there for a minute. Like, have you had crazy transformation in the past year and a half, two years? I mean, we all have because of COVID, but you know, above and beyond that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because what happened is, so the last, I'm going to say probably the last four years, have been a lot of transformation. And I know part of it was me setting boundaries. So, and that's one of the things I focus and emphasize on when I'm working with people, it's about setting boundaries. And for some reason, every person that comes through is about setting boundaries, whether it's in a personal relationship or a work relationship. And that's why when I did become a life coach, I was certified, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago now, I decided I didn't like life coach. I'm an empowerment mentor. Love that. I empower people to choose to love themselves. And by loving themselves, it's not just the hokey woo-woo shit of, I'm sorry, that just came out, um, of like taking a bubble bath and drinking a glass of champagne. And no, it's about loving yourself enough to set a boundary whether it hurts or not at first because of what everyone else is going to say. And the perfect example is I had to set a boundary with my mother about that. I had to set a boundary and basically be like, you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. This is my life and my choice and my decision. And I'm doing what I am being guided to do best. And when I remarried, so I, I spent about 10 years alone raising my kids and when my husband and I decided to get remarried, we were going to elope to avoid all of the chaos. And um, he said, no, we have to tell my parents who are amazing, wonderful people who I feel like his mom was my sister in a past life. Mm. And his dad, he's always been very caring. And it's funny because he, he's, you know, an old Italian man. He's not very affectionate. Um, but they were those people They're They've been more my parents than my own parents have been. And we ended up getting married. There were 16 people there. It was very small. My parents weren't some of the people there. So when my mother had a stroke, we went to the hospital. I went to the hospital and conveniently everyone walked out of the hospital room. And she said, why weren't we invited to the wedding? And I said, because I wanted people who loved us there and you weren't so, some of those people. And she's never asked me again, but we have very clear boundaries. Yeah. So I call to make sure my dad's breathing, make sure he's okay. He's older. He's like in his mid eighties. And that's really the only reason I have to call them because my sister is the go-between. She will tell me what I need to know if something's happening, if something is really you know, going on. 
And if not, I will call them once a week or twice, you know, a couple times a month just to make sure they're okay to check in. But I don't let them interfere anymore. Yeah. Well, I can totally see that in your chart because you actually, we talked about the open head centers, but you have a defined throat. I do too. In the green room, we were talking about podcasting. And so those of us with the defined throats, we actually have really powerful voices, no matter what they sound like. It's just like what comes through is very powerful and activation, right? And what's really cool about yours is that you actually have a direct um, line from your throat to your solar plexus. And so um, I'll, I'll give you the numbers and a little reading on that, like later on just for you. But what that means is that you're able to, um, speak truth to power basically. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that people are coming from boundary activations. And I know for me, um, I always thought being a yes person was like the best thing you could be because you're always like going for it or whatever. But now that I'm getting into real success coaching, it really is actually about what you say no to. And like the thing exactly don't do. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then the other piece that I think fits in was that you're a one, three, so you're meant to be a teacher. That's the one line, um, teachers, people with ones can kind of break it down better than sometimes the creators themselves. And I've always been a teacher. Like my first job was teaching ballet. I was 12. And then I started, by the time I graduated high school and I started college, I was working at the preschool So I was a teacher for almost 20 years by the time I stopped teaching and I stopped teaching because I got divorced. But even then I got a job at Boys and Girls Club. I was one of their site directors and became their membership director. And I was there for another nine years. So let's say close to 30 years (laughs) teaching and working with kids and parents and all that. So, and I'm still doing it that really fits the MG profile because a lot of them have many, many different careers. The other piece is you have an open G center, which is the identity. And so sometimes people with open G centers, like they don't know exactly what they want to be when they grow up. And so you also have the three line, which is the martyr, which I really don't like that word, but basically like the teacher, you have to kind of like try everything before you figure out what works for you, but it makes you a great like coach and healer and consultant because you've been through every damn thing and you can yeah. like give people the shortcut because you like really know what works and doesn't work. So well, yeah, I- and it's funny because I haven't had, so like to make a long, long, long story short, I did go through sexual abuse as a kid. Um, I went through psychological and emotionally abuse as a kid at the hand of my mother. And who did I marry? A man who was like my mother. So I went through an abusive relationship. I went through, as horrible as this is going to sound, sex was never super consensual married. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. He made me terminate two pregnancies. Mm. He told me that I would die alone. Like he had me, I was at a state where I was like terrified. So he's like, you'll die alone. You'll never be able to make it. You'll, you know, all this stuff. And then towards the very end, when I told him I wanted a divorce, (laughs) 
he started threatening me, telling me that he was going to hire a hitman, that they'd hire someone to cut my brake lines, that I would, you know, like all this stuff. So I've been through all of this multitude of shit, you know, and I'm still standing here. I'm still alive. I'm still walking upright. You know, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and severe depression by my own choice. I don't knock anyone else's choice for whatever reason they did. When she told me she wanted to put me on medication, I said no, because I needed to be fully present. However bad it was, I needed to be fully present for my kids. But that was my own personal choice. I don't knock anyone else's choice. And that's where I really dove into healing myself. And I had to learn how to truly heal. And I dove into crystals and I learned how to read cards and I was meditating every day and I learned to deal with depression and all of that my way, you know? Yes. Did I dive into food a little bit? Maybe, (laughs) but it helped, you know, and it helped me stay present. You know, I'm one of those rare people. I've never done drugs. I don't smoke. I don't drink very often. I, you know, but that was all by choice. That was all stuff that I was able to really decide and focus on. And when you pull yourself together and you finally see everything you've been through, you do start to give this information to people to help them find their way. Mm. So, and I think that's what I love because every piece of jewelry I make is unique to the person. That's how my readings are. That's how my teaching style is. I've always done individualized teaching where I had to create a lesson plan for the kinesthetic learner and the audio learner and the, you know, the person who the visual learner, it was the best way for me to learn. And that's how, that's how I learned. So that's how I always taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, thank you for sharing that story and, you know, I feel like it's so brave for you to put that out there because I know other people have gone through things like that. And I think it's just a powerful testament that like you can heal yourself with the right, you know, support and tools and resources, like healing is possible. And, um, you can go on, you know, for a lot of us healers, we have trauma because that is our initiation. And then particularly I've got a lot of people in my life with the three life path, the, the one, three or, or three, five, or anyway, the three in human design. And a lot of them have overcome, um, abuse. And that is like their life lesson. Like, and a lot of times people stay because that's the energy of the, the martyr is the like, martyr. Right. Want to give it like they're all, you know, they want to like, right finish it out kind of like generators do sometimes. And, you know, one thing um, also to comment on your chart is you have an open worthiness center and I have that as well too. And I feel like, you know, whether you have open or defined, it's not good or bad. Like they say that, but (laughs) I feel like my open worthiness center is my Achilles heel because that's just gonna like in treatment, we kind of talk about like dandelions, like you're going to have certain symptoms. It might be overeating. It might be depression, anxiety. It could be SI, like whatever your like thing is when you're stressed, that thing's going to emerge. Right. And so like, I think for me, worthiness and no matter how much healing, like I legit, 
you've read any of my posts or listen to this podcast, you know, like I'm all about doing some healing work, but the worthiness thing is always there. And I, my human design teacher was like, yeah, your worthiness thing is broken. And so I see that a lot for healers. It actually makes you a very great like healer and empath but you take on other, you know, people with an open center, like you and me, we tend to take on other people's issues. And it's like, they yes. feel better. They feel healed. That's, that's been a very, very current lesson for me going on. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to say? So I, you don't have to, I just, for me, like, well, I think- no, it's, it's been an issue with my husband and something he has to work through. And I realized that when we first got together, we're definitely soulmates. We have repeated lifetimes together and not just romantic lifetimes. We have been, I've been his mother. He has been my knight. He has been like, we've had lifetime after lifetime together in this lifetime. It happens to be an incredibly passionate romantic one but at the same time we push and encourage each other to grow yeah so I have grown exponentially into a person that I never thought I would be yay for you (laughs) yeah I was kind of like good for me (laughs) um but he has refused like he put a standstill And as a psychic medium, it's hard for me sometimes because in readings, I'm never told about people I don't really connect to or know, you know, what their choices are when they leave this earth, Mm -hmm. if you get my message. Mm -hmm. But I have people in my life, my parents, I have a nephew who's sick with cancer and my husband who... I have been very clearly told when they're going to leave this earth. Oh my gosh. And it's hard to know because I can't change it. This is something they have to decide. Oh my God. That reminds me of practical magic. You know, when the cricket is like the time is going off. Oh my gosh. Wow. And maybe that's why I identified so clearly with that movie. Um, Yeah, we do. I love it. So, but that is something, and they very clearly told me, and I was told even before he and I got married, that I would have another part of my life after him. Mm. So that's something I've been facing and dealing with this week. And it was really hard because I knew the martyr thing and I really had to take a step back and they kept telling me, this isn't your deal. You can't do anything. You just need to do you. And and that's when I tell people, you just need to do you. I'm like, oh, I have to take my own advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the thing? Well, gosh, I, I can't imagine like the, the heavy weight of that, especially because I know like what a great relationship y'all have and like what a yeah. blessing that was that you found each other. Um, yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I feel like for me... I'm clear sentient and clear audience. And that's been like really helpful as far as therapy and giving reading yeah. and just channeling, you know, like I just hear it and I say it. So um, you have a third one though. You know, we have three that really are tight. So yeah. with the more, the more you develop it, you'll it see. The, yeah. So yeah. Because for me, I have all five of them are active for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my three strong, strong ones, I've always been clear audience. 
-hmm. And I know that I'm clairsentient and clairvoyant, but the other two, the clairaliance, which is when you smell something and I can't remember the other one, the, the name of it, when you taste stuff, those happen every so often, mm -hmm. but the more you tap in, the more they'll all grow. Well, I'll tell you where that comes from. And part of it is that, um, my mother's mother, um, was way ahead of her time and she was a visionary and she had a gift, but she also probably was bipolar with some like manic and psychotic features. Mm -hmm. So, um, at that time, you know, if she was modern, she would have been fine. She could have had therapy and medicated, but like in that era, there weren't those resources and, um, she was institutionalized and it was a kind of a big trauma for my mom. And my mom had a lot of fear around, um, you know, like seeing things because yeah. that's often what happens. Um, and, you know, I actually had a psychic very early on in my career tell me that, and this has been so true, um, that I've, I've had many people tell me that I'm going to be this bridge between psychology and like energy work. And those are my two like big passions. Um, but particularly a lot of people have a gift and they don't understand it. They're scared of it. Like we've been talking about and they it's mistaken that, for being yeah. crazy. Right. And, um, you know, with mentorship, with guidance, with support, you know, you can learn how to use the gift, but I know exactly. I've, I do get visions. Um, but like, as far as seeing energy, like, you know, like auras or chakras, I can see a little bit, but see, I, but, know, but I, you I, are clairvoyant I, because I, if I, you're getting the visions, yeah, I definitely, definitely get clairvoyant, but I think I've kind of, um, turned it off a bit because of that, like little, you know, there's some more healing work to do there, but also just like sitting with people. So often I kind of joke with my therapist friends. I'm like, you know, if we like could see everything that was hanging out there, a lot of times we can yeah. feel it, which is intense enough, yeah. but then to see it, like, I don't know if you would necessarily well, I know. work it's... with the people you work with, you know, like you're saying, no, it's no. Like I'm, I'm, in, I'm clairvoyant and I, you can see until it just recently. Okay. So I don't even know how to explain it. I can see it in my mind's eye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and they will show me exactly, you know, what they looked like and who they were. And so I'm going to come out and ask you. Yeah. You said your mom's mom is passed. Yeah. Okay. Was she blonde or did she go with like a lighter hair color? It was kind of dark, but I think it like in our later years, it was like a little bit like kind of lighter white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did she wear it shorter? Um, I think maybe like kind of a bob. Yeah. Okay. So you might I'm be going to ask, did, your grandma, did, she, did she wear lipstick like you? Um, yeah. So my mom's mom was like very, uh, she would love, I mean, she loved all things astrology okay. and buoyant. So like she's, she's with you. Yeah. Okay. And then, but you also have a dark haired yeah. woman on your dad's side. Yes. That's my dad's grandma. Yep. You got it. Okay. So they're both with you. Yay. I know. And, so, and that's what I'm happens. Not, so, I'm talking crap about you. Like, you know, she, no. she's done a lot to like, you know, as my mom says, she's like, you have the best of like everything, you know, you've got the gift, you've got her genius, um, but you get to like fully express it. And like, unfortunately in that time she couldn't, um, right. 
but but they just want you to know that they're part of your spiritual entourage yeah you know they're with you and they're part of what balances you out so Mm -hmm. um opposites (laughs) now do do you know your guides have you like actively asked um who they are there's definitely I've had some readings um okay so don't no, 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 don't say anything else. I just wanted to know. So do you have a male, a man who's one of your guides? Well, I, do you mean like angels or like, like a guard? Like, like I've, I know I work with um, Michael and Raphael a lot. So like, I know those are like my team, my big, big guys. Yeah. No, I work with them too. It's not them. Okay. No, I feel, I feel he's a guide. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, I want to know. So I feel he's a guide. All I see him is in a robe. So it might be um, God, I'm so bad with their names. Like one of the the metaphysical guides. Now, now I'm going to have to go look for his name. But I see he has a, like a beard. Mm-hmm. And he he has like longer hair. Ooh. So, but he's a guide because he's standing right behind you. Neat. So just tap in and ask, you know, who he is or why he's there to guide you. Nice. So I'm really bad with their names. I just never, I want to say his name starts with an M. I'll have to look. And it's not Michael. Uh, is it because Mel- Michael. That's what I'm getting. Melchizedek. Yeah. Is that it? That's what I was getting. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to do some research on him because um, I know I've pulled cards um, with him before, but I don't know a whole lot. So. So he might be an ascended master that you're supposed to kind of tap into and work with. Yes. Thank you. And I love that confirmation that that's the one that was popping into my head and you had it too. So that's kind of a tough name. So yes, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to be doing some Googling. <laughs> and so again, when, I love that so- I'm receiving this knowledge of, because like, this is the power of readings, right? Like it, it just, so that's how my readings work. When I'm sitting there, I'll have either a past loved one come through or I'll see angels or I'll see, you know, and then I can do like a body scan. So I'll, I can see what's blocked before I even pull out a pendulum. Um, so for me, it's like that using my clairvoyant gift, I'm able to really tap into stuff um, in a whole other way. And I was, I was, I had gone to pick up my husband uh, at work. And that was the first time I physically saw something. And so it's funny because now I feel like I'm that kid from the sixth sense, you know, he can see them. <laughs> yeah. So now that's happening too. So it just kind of depends on the day, I guess. That's awesome. Um, Yes, I'm just like Googling a little bit here and looks like Lord Melchizedek is um, an uh, helps, let's see, um, multidimensional self embodied on earth through psychic spiritual activations to illuminate the path of unification. He lived upon the earth in Lemuria, which I know I definitely have a lot of connections there. And he's looks like he works with Ascension. Um, so yay, well, that piece, you know, and I think it's one of those things when we get readings, like sometimes we just 
like need to know that like we are supported and we're connected and there's like this guidance that we can totally tap into. It's not just us trying to control and like make things happen. You know, like we have so much support available to us. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, So as far as we hit a little bit with the numerology, we hit a little bit with the human design. I think it is worth saying, because you were asking me about this, um, the little arrows in human design, if you pull up your chart, mean different things. Mm -hmm. So you had your diet arrow to the left. I have that also. And so that's like better to eat like kind of the same things over and over, which that was like bad news to me because I'm such a foodie, but honestly, I've been doing a lot of meal prep and just not having to think about it has been like such a huge kind of weight lifted. Um, you have the right brain, you have the right arrow on the right side. And so, um, that really is like the clairvoyant, the intuitive, like you are right brained. Um, you have the right bottom arrow, which means that you can work in a variety of areas, like actually like change of scenery is very stimulating and good for you. And you have the manifesting part where you just have to feel the emotion. So like, for me, I'm a specific manifester. So I'm like, have to be like, I'd like 10 K by the end of the week with this, you know, for you, it's just about like, what would 10 K feel like? And then embodying that feeling. Um, so I feel like sometimes that's easier, uh, you know, so like when I'm doing my mindset and scripting and vision boarding, I do try to get like really specific around, you know, and I leave it open, like, or the universe can do whatever it wants, but I do try to, cause I'd always be like, I want to be rich. I want to be successful. Well, for specific manifestors, like we have to like really go into it for you. You have to just feel like what it feels like to be rich and successful and hold that feeling state which right. you know, both techniques can work for both people. Um, but I feel like that is just kind of handy. And for me, it made sense because the more specific I get with my request, the more likely they are to happen. Um, so, you know, when they were kind of vague, it, it didn't turn quite the results that I had wanted. Um, so just thought I would mention that because I think people do like those little arrows tell you quite a yeah. bit. So I actually did look into that because I was wondering about the manifesting thing, because everyone teaches you to be specific and to be specific and to be specific. And I'm like, fuck, I'm being specific, man. Why isn't this shit happening? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like I told you this last month, I left it open about how it was going to happen. And it manifested and more. So that's why I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just take a step back and just do it that way. (laughs) Yes. I know it's such a a hack. And for me, you know, like getting detailed and being like, I, you know, I always leave it open to infinite possibilities as well. Cause that feels good to me, but, um, getting really specific with, and sometimes I'll even add like to the sense, cause that just feels like even more, instead of like 10 K a round number, you know, 10 K and 24 cents, you know, (laughs) cause that's kind of how it actually comes in. A lot of times it's not like a round number. Um, Uh you know, I love, uh, playing with manifesting tricks. So I'm sure we could do like a whole episode on that. Um, Uh, you mentioned, I mean, you really are a Gemini. Let's see five times over. It looks like here. So I get that because I'm a five time Libra. I don't have it in my sun sign, but I have a bunch of planets in Libra and I feel like I'm more Libra. then guess what? My mom and my husband are Libras. And so like, I've got a lot of Libras in my life, but I feel like I'm like, not only do I have the cancer, but I got the Libra piece as well. And so when you have a stellium like that, 
you're like more Gemini than Gemini, but then you do have some um, other influences. So I get between being a Manny Gen and all that Gemini, like I totally believe that you are going global because you- I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> you're already global energetically, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really, really fun. It looks like actually- this one's saying moon and Gemini, but you might have moon and cancer. It might be like right on the line or whatever. Yeah. My, my moon from what, from the reading he did, my sun is in Gemini. My rising is Gemini and my moon is in cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you look like the different signs have like masculine and feminine. So you actually have a lot of masculine, um, like you have nine masculine placements which is interesting because you're right brain, you're such a like intuitive healer, but I think that probably gives you some of the backbone to be able to do this kind yeah. of work, which is great to see. I've, I've had to really learn to balance because I've always been go, 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 go. But I, I've really always tapped into my creative side too. So I've always found a balance of sorts. So I, I can totally see that. And reading your astrology chart, you did, and you know, this is not uncommon for people, especially if they have, you know, your son is in Gemini, but like for me, you know, if I didn't know my whole chart, I wouldn't realize I had all that Libra in there because it's not my sun sign. Um, so I think it just recognizing that's like the importance of the entire chart. Cause it really does like paint a picture. Yeah. And one of the things that I've gotten increasingly um, interested in is the whole North node piece, because that's sort of like your destiny point. So my North nodes in Leo, your North node is in Capricorn, which to be honest, I feel like is a little bit of a tough place for a North node. I get it. I'm Capricorn rising. So Capricorns can be so successful in all these things, um, but they can also be really hard on themselves. And you've got like some different oppositions and conjunctions that, have kind of like presented some challenges on your life path as we're hearing um, with some of the pieces of your story that you've shared. Um, And so I think, um, and particularly that North node. So the North node is what you're going to and the South node is kind of what you're releasing and it's a polarity. So for me, like I'm North node is Leo, I'm getting away from Aquarius. So for you, your North node is Capricorn. You're getting away from Cancer which is interesting because you do have some cancer and a lot of times the cancer um, is part of cancer often represents the mom, which you talked about like having issues with your mom. So um, it says, let me pull up here. Yeah. So like North node in Capricorn, you have innate management ability, sensitivity, awareness, and empathy with the feelings of others, capacity for organization. So these kind of like Capricorn gifts. Yeah. Um, but then the attributes to develop are self-control, approaching life from an adult position, self-respect, staying goal-oriented, sensible approach to problem-solving, keeping commitments, letting go of the past, self-care, accepting responsibility for success. So I know I just give you a laundry list there, but do any of those land with you? Oh, totally. Yeah. So I... I'm totally about the organization and all of that. For me, it's like, because I'm a manifesting generator, it's the letting go of the having to commit to something if I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. That's because I tend to then just kind of let it go and uh-huh. move away from it. Um, so, but yeah, that all of it. And I think the hardest part for me has been in the last few weeks, really 
being open to embracing my responsibility of being mm-hmm. visible yes. and being wealthy. Woo. That if I am right there with you, sister. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not if, when I reach the multimillionaire level, mm-hmm. it's not being afraid of whatever my responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. Because I know, and this is something I talk about all the time. Anyone who makes multi-million figures should have some kind of responsible responsibility towards helping the community. Mm-hmm. And that's why I get as irate and frustrated with sports figures mm-hmm. because they get paid a lot of money for not doing a whole lot and they don't give back to the communities. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, you know, I realize that's my thing. Where am I going to give back? Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people in the coaching industry that are doing amazing things and giving loads of money. And then there's a lot of people that are not. And I know for me, as I've been able to make some pretty good money quickly, it has been my pleasure to like, someone DM'd me and was like, I'm in a bind. I need a bus ticket. I'm like, yeah, I got your bus ticket. You know, like when someone is homeless, like, let me give you $20. Like, you know, and just like, it's not millionaire status, but it has been like some of the biggest um, perks of like having the successes to be able to share it. And so I think for those of us that are very heart centered and maybe have like some negative programming around money, there's a great book um, by Rachel Rogers called We Should All Be Millionaires. I love it so much. Um, it, she's a lawyer and an activist and a coach. And she really makes the case for how as women we've been oppressed. And so we charge less, we you know, have a hard time getting money in the first place and then hanging on to it, whatever. But she makes the case for why we should all be billionaires. And I highly recommend the book. It really helped me heal a lot of my money issues. And the reason why she says is like, hello, we can take care of everybody. And hello, we can shift the power dynamic, aka divine feminine revolution by people like you and me who have big hearts being multimillionaires, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, I was going to say one other thing with your North Node. It says North Node in Capricorn brings the desire to feel safe, protected, and cared for, for a sense of belonging through taking charge of self, that which can be controlled and developing your own sense of self. Respect brings alignment to higher principles and the desired feelings of safety and belonging. And so a lot of times when something like that is our North Node, we might have had challenges. Like maybe we didn't feel the sense of belonging or we didn't have support yeah. early on. For me, like I was, you know, mindfully, so that's kind of about like stepping into the spotlight. And so for me, I was like painfully shy. I barely spoke. I was bullied. Like I was like a fat kid growing up. So I was like self conscious. You, you <laughs> and I have so much in common. It's not even funny. I know. I love um, how the universe but works to bring all these things together. Um, I was that kid too. And it took a long time. And I, you know, I grew up, I was the oldest and I grew up being told I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't light enough. Mm-hmm. What a shame. My eyes weren't green like my sister. So my sister's like almost six feet with green eyes and fair oh. skin and a size five. And I'm like five, four and a size 18. And it took me a long time to really embrace my goddess body, my goddess body. And it's funny because when they told me you are an ancient goddess, when you look up ancient goddesses, what do they look like? They don't look like fucking Barbie. (laughs) Oh my God. That is my favorite quote. (laughs) Yes. I think we all need to hear that. And again, 
I think that's why it's important for, um, you know, all kinds of people to be visible and to have power so that we're all yeah. represented, all types, all, you know, types of diversity, all types of life paths, you know? Um, so I love that spin on it. And, um, so many women, I mean that in my fearless feminine, you know, I needed glow. And so that was a lot about like embodying the positive where you're like loving yeah. yourself and calling But that the- was huge for me because for me, it was like really tapping into me, stop being the martyr and mm-hmm. taking care of everyone else. So I had to take care of me. And I think that was that catapulting moment where I was like, fuck yeah, I can do the shit. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's some good stuff. Yeah. And it starts, it all starts with feeling good. Right. Like, especially for you, yeah. you got that, you know, emotional manifestor piece. Um, and you know, in my fearless feminine, like so many powerful, talented, incredible, like heal the world, powerful, fearless feminine leaders, every person has some kind of appearance hang up, even if they're stereotypically beautiful, they still have these issues. And I think that that just mm-hmm. speaks to, you know, women were so programmed with these things. And then a lot of times it can hold yep. us back from our big life purpose. So obviously these can be activations and lessons and things to grow through, but especially as we're getting visible online globally, <laughs> <laughs> it brings up a lot when you're the face of your brand, you know? And so, yeah. um, given my therapy background, that's why I created fearless feminine because I was like, okay, like we can't let this, these fears, appearance fears, or what will people think fears? Yeah. Or, Am I good enough fears? Pull this back from like our true destiny. Totally. Um, so I've totally been loving this combo so much. I always ask people at the end and I'm going to have you back on and we'll do like a traditional session where you can really get into your story, but thank you for like letting us like peek into your life path and how you're really fully embodying it and living it. And I feel like these sessions are such confirmation, but not only confirmation, but they're permission giving. Like for me, um, when I learned that I was a generator and my toxic emotion was frustration, I as a mompreneur, I was like frustrated all the time. And so all I did was I just paid attention to that. And I was like, okay, when I'm frustrated, I'm out of alignment. I'm going to stop. I'm going to breathe (laughs) and I'm going to get out of frustration. And I mean, that was life-changing in itself. And then everything started running smoother. For me, it's anger and frustration. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. So now when I catch myself, I'm like, okay, what is this get being aimed at? Like, why is it coming up? What? And then it's like, okay, because that one of my favorite books is the four agreements. And, you know, when they talk about, it's not about you, it's about them. I'm like, Oh, I'm the angry one. Why? (laughs) Like what, you know, what's going on in me? So it's made, it's huge when you connect all the pieces. Yeah. And I think in therapy world, when we talk about frustration or anger, a lot of times it's about unmet needs. And as women, you know, especially yeah. if we're not martyr, people please their stuff or whatever. Um, a lot of times we're not meeting our own needs. So like, of course we're frustrated, you know, we're taking care of yeah. everybody else. And that's like a fucking hard job. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I think that's the power of hiring some of that out and like really focusing on you can have it all. You just have to really like prioritize what it is that you want first. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. That's why I love pleasure psychology. And I feel like astrology, human design and numerology just really help give like a frame to like understand like 
you know, what brings me pleasure may not bring you pleasure. Like it's very individualized. And so figuring exactly. out what works in branding or media or in your services or, you know, like for me, um, I got, so up if you've never, if you've never done your strengths finders. Oh yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. It's okay. been a while. I don't know if I remember them all, but you should do it again. Then if it's been more than five or six years, you should do it again. Because when I did it, life-changing. Yes. Because it made me understand a lot of why I dove into what I dove into. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I'm really open to, because we're so multifaceted, Mm -hmm. when you tap into your astrological chart and your HD chart and your numerology and your strengths and everything else, you start to realize all the things that tap in and connect, everything connects. So Yeah. And for someone like you with an open Ajna, um, a lot of times people with that open center, they don't have that certainty. And so something like a reading or a chart can kind of give them like, yeah, that is how I am. And you can kind of borrow that certainty to get your permission to like do the thing. Um, so I love that. Well, I always ask people at the end, like, um, if they sort of had like a wish for the world, you know, as this like paradigm shift and in my mind, the divine feminine revolution is happening. What's your take on it? Any kind of like final last words you want to say? And then of course, tell us where to find you and what you're offering. Okay. So I I guess my biggest wish is what I've learned is to really be brave enough to love yourself and love yourself enough to learn to heal, set the boundaries that you need to set, whether it's with yourself or with something or someone else, Mm -hmm. but take that step. Because the more you love yourself, the higher the vibration becomes for the planet. And it's a ripple effect. So you drop that pebble in your space and it'll ripple out. So that's what my one wish is. And right now I'm really loving Instagram. So I think the best place to find me is on Instagram. And my handle is just my name, Luisa.Botticella. Beautiful. And what a goddess name in itself. You know, I love your name so much. Um, well, thank you so much for being so transparent and letting us look into like your life purpose and good for you for going for it. Um, if people are interested, I am doing different readings. If you want an HD reading, if you want a North node reading, if you want, um, a life path reading, like I'm happy to do those things. And it's not just like your conventional astrology reading. It's like what we've been talking about. Like, how do you actually live and embody that? Cause you know, I'm all about embodiment. And then I've got uh, a one on one package called destiny. That's like super high end VIP, um, really diving into the soul purpose work. And then I, I'm imagining you're having a package like this pretty soon, but bringing in the Reiki and the yeah. blue star and the healing and the channeling and all that. I do actually, I, um, have, I'm offering a three month program because 90 days is really when you can reset your mind and really create a a new pattern or a new habit. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing one-on-one where they would get um, one-on-one support uh, through Voxer. They would get uh, reading uh, every week. They would get rebalancing and chakra healing. I will create a unique piece of jewelry for them. And then we would meet weekly to see where they are and what they're learning. So at the same time, I would customize the one-on-one program 
for them specifically. So whatever healing modality they identify with or they would need to try, we would learn and go through that and then proceed from there. Beautiful. Well, we'll have you back on and I'm so glad um, to have you in my sphere and um, you're such a powerful light in this world. So thank you for sharing your story and your purpose with us. Thanks everybody. Um, Come check me and Louisa out and we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.